If you should ask, I appreciate that. You know, it took until episode 15 for you to call for Pete Carroll's firing. Uh, let the record show. I didn't yeah. bring my jersey to Brazil, <laughs> so I'll say that much. You know, I've been talking to my therapist about this podcast. Welcome to Drew Locke Fan Talk. I mean, I mean, DC Seahawk Fan Talk. After a 16 to 28 point loss against the San Francisco 40 Winers. Doc, how are you feeling today? What's your overall thoughts for the game? Oh yeah, that was a that was a rough one to watch, and obviously it's the first time that under the Pete Carroll era, era we've lost four in a row. I can't say that I was surprised by that. Of course, we I wasn't feeling too optimistic before the game, but it's you know it's it's getting more and more concerning that we're not seeing them put up put up a fight, you know, against these teams, you know, I, they're better, they're more talented. We know that, but, um, to see our, our team continue to make bonehead plays, not play disciplined, just get rolled by these top teams that that's concerning, right? If, if we have been competitive in these games and really shown some fight, I think I, and probably a lot of other fans would feel differently it's just it's a combination of things uh, that that are really really concerning, and I of course have been listening to some sports talk radio, and I think there's you know just a question of is this an issue of coaching? Is this an issue of scheme scheming? You know, not not having the correct schemes uh, for these teams. Is it the talent? You know, is it the players? Are we just, do we have a, we still have a significant talent gap between our players and the players on these top teams? And I think my, I have bigger concerns, I think, meaning I think we have built a, an insufficient team, an inadequate team at this point. And I think, so it's not a matter of scheming to me. I, we can continue to fire our OCs over and over and over <laughs> again. That's not fixing the problem. We, I think it's there needs to be a lot more accountability at the top. And maybe I'll save this conversation until the end of the season. But you've already heard me say it. I, you know, I, I think I'm done with the the Pete Carroll John Snyder uh, era. You know, I think they have in a decade continue to mismanage our resources, make horrific free agency decisions. And it's, I think I'm afraid that it's going to take some time for us to dig out of this hole that we're in, uh, which is again, very disappointing, depressing when, you know, we were so excited before the beginning of the season, thinking that we were going to ascend, you know, we, we thought we were, we thought we were improving and we we were confident or uh, we were hopeful that we were going to do better than last season. And so to, to see us descend and regress this season, 
I think for me, it is really a, an indicator that we've got much bigger problems than, again, one defensive coordinator, one offensive co coordinator. We're like, you know, three, four instead of four, three. No, 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 no. I think we have structural, you know, problems. We have we have a systemic problem that's going to need to be dealt with, I think, sooner rather than later. And so that's. That's my overall thoughts at this point. I'm, you know, in terms of feelings, I, I'm, I'm resigned. You know, at this point, I, I'm, I'm not even, you know, super angry or, or, you know, in in that mode. I think I'm just. We talked before we came on. I think I'm also at a level of acceptance for for this for this <laughs> season. Um, and but but yeah, I I, I hope whatever happens uh, with this season that that we the the franchise really addresses the the core of the problem the root cause of the problem and not just continue to use band-aids or or try to do little tweaks around the around the edges uh, I, I to me we we have a much much deeper problem than than that that can be mm. fixed by by that I appreciate that. You know, it took until episode 15 for you to call for Pete Carroll's firing. Uh, let the record show. You know, I still go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. It feels like the Seattle franchise is in a transition period and yeah. they're not trying to win a Super Bowl. And they're mm -hmm. just trying to kind of, you know, be good enough to maintain some incredible value for, for Jody mm -hmm. Allen um, that's looking to sell this team and the Portland trailblazers in the next couple of years. And I don't expect them to fire Pete Carroll. Even if we miss the playoffs, um, I expect them to kind of limp along for the next couple of years until that yeah. eventual sale comes and the eventual retirement um, announcement of Pete Carroll. Um, I, I imagine he's going to want to go off into the sunset, you know, after this um, as the oldest coach in the league, um, and he probably wants to go out as a winner and he probably yeah. is comparing himself to, um, to Bill Belichick, um, you know, who's having a really terrible year and is, um, in full tank mode. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, that's that, um, the, yeah. we're acting like this is a, uh, that, you know, the sky is completely fallen four losses in a row. Um, we're now, you know, have a losing record um for the first time this year yeah. um well since week one <laughs> lost against the rams we still have a chance to get to to 10 wins we're of course underdogs next week by three and a half points against the philadelphia uh -huh. um, eagles but in those last three games of the year look much easier so if you do win all four of those games you definitely make the playoffs with 10 wins and that would be an improvement on last year and um, even if you lose this next week and you win the last three, you end up with a nine wins again this year and you still have a shot at making the playoffs. So caveat to that is the, you know, the, who we have tiebreakers with and who we don't have tiebreakers with. And so that's what I've kind of been looking up with my overall thoughts is like, what's the chances we're going to make the playoffs with nine wins? You know, of course, the Rams are sitting there with the same record as us because they lost in wild fashion in Baltimore, which is a team that we got blown out by. And I've been thinking about what, what you said last week that, oh, the Rams are just better than us. And the Rams do kind of look good. You know, of course, they yeah. started out thinking they were going to tank. Um, yep. You know, their quarterback had a spine injury to start the year. 
Um, yeah. You know, Cooper Cup was out for the first couple games. So they, of course, were like, there was a lot of question marks around them, but they still have some players and they and they have two new rookie offensive players that are incredible and killing it for them. So they're probably going to yeah. make it into the playoffs over us. Um, Minnesota is currently one game ahead of us. And um, Green Bay just lost last night. Um, yeah, helping us. So actually, yeah, they, who they lose to? They lost to the Giants. Green Bay lost to the Giants. So yeah. don't tell me we're not going to make the playoffs and the Giants are. Don't tell me. I mean, j- just look at the teams ahead of us. Look at the teams that are, you know, either seven and six wins or um, or six and seven like us. And and tell me, like, who's actually better than us? Because, okay, if the Rams are better than us, like, I can accept that. Okay, they beat us twice, so fair enough. Of course, the Detroit Lions at nine and four, the team we beat. The Minnesota Vikings at seven and six. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and seven. The Green Bay Packers at six and seven. The Los Angeles Rams at six and seven. The Seattle Seahawks at six and seven. The Atlanta Falcons at six and seven. The New Orleans New Orleans Saints at six and seven. And then you have the Giants at five and eight. And now, and now you have the Bears, the Chicago Bears, the Bears at five and eight, feeling like they, they think they can make the playoffs. They're still playing. So why aren't we still playing? We're better than all of those teams I just listed. Oh, boy, Mayor. Are you, did you take a gummy this morning, <laughs> uh, this early Tuesday morning? Have you been drinking this morning? After four <laughs> losses, I still I'll tell you the, How did I'll I tell become... you the caveat? You're talking about little caveat. I'll tell you the biggest caveat is we have to win out for all those scenarios to happen. And like, have you been watching again uh, the the how this team has been playing? I I no, I absolutely. Don't. Everyone's talking about we're gonna sweep our last three, our, you know, go uh, like win our last three games. Yeah, there's nothing guaranteed about that. Again, what, of course what, not. Of course not. Watching how we've been playing. So okay, you're right. We're not mathematically. <laughs> out of the playoffs and and sure you uh, any given year you can make an argument that some teams that get into the playoffs were better than right but that's just how the the playoff structure is right so the the yeah i mean falcons right they might they might get in the playoffs with a losing record uh and we're very familiar with that because we're the first team in the in the league to do that so yeah that might happen and again yeah there there might be some teams that, that make it to the playoffs that are, that we might have an argument that we're actually better than, but that's not the point. You know, we, 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 we have control over what we have control over. And even though we have that control, I don't think we're going to, we're going to, you know, take advantage of, of that control considering how we've been playing. I went, you know, through, I, I, I went through the records for, you know, the schedules the rest of the way for, you know, for right. us and also these other teams. Um, and I actually, yeah. on the, with the commander the other day, we talked um, on Saturday sure. this weekend yeah. and, you know, went through the the record, you know, a lot of these schedules look pretty easy, you know, and ours looks pretty yeah. easy the rest of the ways, you know, we knew this section of the season was going to be the hardest, mm-hmm. but you know, and, and, and now we're looking at the, the, that back part and ours looks pretty. It, yeah. And of course, of course you have to win in December and we'll see if we can do that, but um, yes, we'll see, we'll see. There's still hope. Everyone's given up hope, and I'm 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 a left here on an island. How did I become the optimist of this? Where's positive Jay? I don't know. I don't know. I know. Positive, maybe it's, positive Jay. The funniest comment all year. Positive Jay said, I think in the text thread after yeah. the Dallas game, he said, 
this is a positive J's uh, villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm taking that role on. Sorry, positive J, you're not welcome on the podcast anymore. <laughs> now it's um now it's uh it's my turn to be the optimist. I think we're making the playoffs at with 10 wins. I think we're gonna beat Philadelphia next week. And all of this, all of this wringing the hands is only because we lost both games against the Rams. And it turns out that's because the Rams are actually good. So the Rams are also going to make the playoffs. That's my prediction. All right. We will see. And, and no, I, that, again, that's, it's not, that wasn't, that's not the only reason it's, it's, we've had concerns throughout this whole season. We, it's not even, it's not the losses. It's also the, the, how, much our two good wins have been devalued throughout the season because of those teams that we beat have, you know, continued to, to, you know, be average or, or definitely inconsistent. So we don't have a signature win really this whole season. Oh, and, wow. and yeah, that, that it's not surprising that we're potentially going to get swept in this gauntlet. We were, we haven't looked good. That's true. We haven't looked good. We have not looked good. And we should talk about injuries because we haven't had our running backs for this entire stretch healthy and mm -hmm. now and that or our quarterback. So um, that's yes. maybe a little caveat there. We don't have a quarterback right now. So, OK, let's uh, we've been talking for 30 minutes now and we haven't gotten to the most important part of the podcast. Uh, Doc diagnosing the defense. Uh, do you have some defensive thoughts? Do you have a a thesis award to give out this week. Yeah. And do you have uh, anyone you're putting on academic probation and please don't be Bobby again. All right. Uh, my thoughts about the defense. So, so we had a, we had an impromptu focus group this, this Sunday before the game, when we were out for brunch with some of our dear friends and um, your, your good friend, Sophia kind of called me out for week after week, not giving out thesis awards. And <laughs> Uh, that's fair, but you know, of course, the the reason for that is this defense is shit. Okay, <laughs> this defense is embarrassing. This defense gets continues to get carved up, and and it's really frustrating. Again, as I've you know, as we talked about, that we thought we thought this at least the the defense. You know, we had questions, but they were looking better than we expected in the in the beginning, and they they supposedly were were we're ascending but you know they've came they've come crashing down to earth so so i'm sorry sophia but i cannot maintain a shred of integrity by being pressured into giving out a, a thesis award <laughs> after this game so i cannot do that and in terms of academic probation again there's there's uh there's so many to choose from and and so i think i'm not even gonna call out a single player the the, the whole damn defense is on academic probation wow and and you know i just come on like just please just i want to see some fight in them i want to see them you know have, play with some continuity i want to see them tackling better so many things and mm -hmm. and so yes mayor you're talking about the the rest of the games for the season whatever happens i just hope that that i just want to see some some semblance of of fight and and backbone with this defense i don't know if it's going to take you know a leader to have one of those private private <laughs> locker room 
motivational speeches or something to get them on track. I I was listening to um, Sock, you know, Brock and Sock, and and Sock said exactly what I was talking about last week. That he said the good teams are going to exploit our two biggest weaknesses on this defense. Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. And again, trust your damn eyes when you're watching and when you're seeing them two steps behind, flat-footed, too slow. Yeah, of course. And what's frustrating is, honestly, myself and the command, I remember in the summertime when we heard that Bobby was coming back, that this was our biggest worry, right? This was our big, yes, he can, he can, he's, he's not, he's not so washed up that he can't make some tackles in a game. He can, he can make a lot of tackles, but, but when we need him the most to cover in the middle, to, to stay, stay up with some of these fast running backs and tight ends and, and slot receivers, he doesn't have it in them anymore. And, and what are we going to do about that? That like, again, now every single team that we play knows that and and so not even the good teams are going to exploit that i mean the poor teams are going to try to exploit that so maybe they can't because they don't have the talent but it's just been that's been extremely exposed in in this gauntlet and and again that's that's super worrisome what this is a personnel issue and and so these aren't these aren't little tweaks that we need to make we have to make some hard big decisions around the players on on this defense and i and you know I'm I'm talking about Bobby now, but like, but but Jamal, oh my goodness, the m- amount of money that's wrapped up into not just him but our safeties, right? Uh, Quandre mm-hmm. has been looking absolutely awful. The angles that he takes on, you know, to to try to tackle these players, he looks embarrassing, and that and that's literally his job is, you know, he's he's back there as free safety to see what's happening, and if someone's if he needs to make a tackle Wait, uh, clarification on that, it's not him coming when he comes forward to tackle because someone breaks into the secondary. Yeah, yeah. He does fine at that. What he's bad at is tackling on the passes, timing the passes to right. hit the guy right as he catches right. the ball. Um, yeah. He's always yeah, late, it seems like. But that's also late and just again, he's the wrong on an angle. island back there doing it by himself yes. Cause yes. Our, our because because Adams been, is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, corner. Well, Adams. Yeah. Well, that that that's the that's the other analysis of it that Adams is so unpredictable he's actually he has he's he has such weaknesses in coverage that that Quandre can't play freely you know as freely as as uh you know as you want the free safety to be able to play he's he's constantly worried about Adams you know getting burnt or you know being in the mm-hmm. wrong place so so you know fair enough but I've not been a huge Diggs fan for for some time yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he, he can fly, you know, he used to flash in previous seasons with the picks, right? So he's, he's been in the right place and he's gotten these picks, but no, that does not, to me, that doesn't overcome his overall, um, you know, the amount of money that we're paying him. He should, he should be a lot better. I was looking at the overall stats and I was going to talk about that in offense yeah. for, for the year. Um, this, you know, the, the, yeah because this game there's no awards to give out but let's look at the entire year and you know uh julian love did get a um a pick um and i think he he played well and it's good to see brooks back though i yeah. don't think he was 100 yeah. uh witherspoon vanished in this game so that's a that was a little concerning well he got um, injured right you know so he he was out yeah he got injured for- and then he had to yeah go out 
And that made a big difference. Like that's what, you know, Pete was like, you know, once, once our one good tackler, you know, is <laughs> out of the game, it's really, you know, well, you're we just have... talking about, you're talking about that fight and that attitude and he definitely brings that to the table. So, well, yeah, he's a he, great tackler too. Did I mean, he just come like, back in though? I don't remember. Yeah. I and also, you know, like, when you're playing against San Francisco, you know, I was watching San Francisco's offense and, you know, Brock Purdy's in the MVP race now. And it's like, yeah, oh, my, yeah. oh my goodness. Okay. They're, <laughs> They have a, the perfect offense yes. that I was very envious of their offense because it's yes. they, they can hit you at all three tiers. They have, yes. you know, and I felt like, oh, it was like um, McCaffrey wasn't getting that many. It didn't feel like he was beating us that badly. And we were no. stopping him plenty of times. And then I looked at it and he had like 140, 140 yards. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, he, he did you know, fine. Th this defense gave up over 500 yards of total 500, offense yeah. to this team and whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, and then, and then, you know, it was Debo Samuel who was killing us in the in the, like the little dump off game, the little dump slant off. routes and stuff. And it's like Brock Purdy doesn't deserve any credit for this. <laughs> he he doesn't deserve any credit for this. And then every yeah. once in a while he can step back and or, or avoid pressure. Out. He looks yeah. mobile enough to like throw it downfield. Yeah. And then they're beating us over the top too. So yeah. it's like we're losing at yeah. all three phases of the game. Yes. And yeah, yeah that's <laughs> their offense is pretty. And okay, so th they're good. But it, and if you go over all stats, you know, you could at least acknowledge Bobby for his like legacy, right? He's a Hall of Famer. He's of course, stuff, of you know? course. Again, and that that's the same thing about PK. You know, I I, I know. Like you said, oh, it took week 15 before before Doc is is calling for Pete Carroll's job. It it's never about their what what they've done for us. It, it's it's what how they are now. And it's okay. It's both and right. We don't have to yeah. get caught up into I'm yeah. not I'm not ungrateful for everything those guys have done for for our franchise over these years. But some there comes a time when we have to make a huge franchise level decision like getting rid of our franchise yeah. quarterback which i think was one of the best decisions that this that this p carroll john schneider has ever made for this franchise now ironically their asses need to go too well anyway go ahead okay, so you know <laughs> the overall stats you know in one game you can't you know determine or rely on picks you know uh, interceptions oh. don't really tell you how good the defense is doing. But when you zoom out and look at the entire year, I think it does really indicate something because, you know, Love had a pick and it was like, okay, well, yeah. that's his second pick for the year. And guess what? He's leading all defenders in interceptions. Oh, actually, boy. Yes. He's tied with Trey Brown, who you already gave a, a, a thesis to, has yeah. a master's. Yeah. M.A., um, Trey Brown. And um, yeah. <laughs> and the other one's Wollin. Yeah. So <laughs> who has yeah. been in the in the been on academic probation all year, I think that's, that's pretty sad to have nine interceptions as a team yeah. uh, this far into the season with a record of six yeah. and seven. I think that says a lot about this defense. We, yeah. we were terrible in the secondary. Yeah. Um, you know, what's ironic, because we talked about this with uh, with uh, turnovers that, you know, those are hit or miss. But I bet our turnover numbers are pretty good or, or they're surprisingly good. It seems like because shit, we had two turnovers in this game, right? The the defense caused two turnovers, you know, and so we're getting those turnovers. Did we have two? Uh, okay, I know there was a least yeah. One. And then speaking because love love had two really good plays. He had the interception and he came back and punched the ball out of. I think oh I yeah, used. and then Woolen picked it up. Yeah, yeah. So 
anyway, yeah. So I, it's that that's an interesting thing that that yeah. I guess like there has been more fumble recovered those kind of recoveries. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. again, that's kind of fluky, fluky plays. Fluky, but yep, yep, it yep. definitely like our secondary is because Mayor, we talked about we don't agree with building a team from the outside in because it doesn't matter how yes. good the damn secondary is if you get zero pressure on a fucking trash yeah. quarterback like Brock Purdy. I'm not even going to say it. it. I'm not even going to say it, but we, me and you were right at the draft. We were right at the draft. And I'm so happy that that um, Witherspoon looks incredible, looks explosive yes. and has an attitude and all that stuff. That that Doesn't still matter. is not the right way to build a football team. You have to take the huge yeah. defensive lineman. That's what we need. And, and I hope they don't draft a quarterback in the first round next year because I think that would be a mistake again. We need a defensive lineman that can get some pressure on the quarterback because that will yeah. result in in these corners looking like superstars if if we can get some pressure on the quarterback and then, then the quarterback starts throwing up some easy picks. I know. Unfortunately, we've been talking about this for so many years and, you know, mismanagement of resources, mm -hmm. misses, over and over and over and over and over again so yeah yeah anyway yeah all right well um so mayor yeah should we move to the dc outpost update well i think we already talked about it a little bit i'm just going to clip yes. some of that that section but sure, sure. i i can you know i've been dealing with uh shame and and grief um and also some like resentment i think i have a lot of different feelings going on in me so as a as the doc um as the professor in psychology can you can you help me out here um how are how am i supposed to cope with all of these mixed feelings um at this point in the season um maybe i'm still in denial <laughs> uh you probably think i'm yeah. still in denial but i'm going to yoga after this uh shout out That's to and hot yoga well, with holly First of all, I will affirm that you are aware of these feelings and are comfortable enough to share them uh, in this podcast. So <laughs> that's step one. And and that's an important step that you're mm -hmm. you're aware of these feelings because uh, it's easy to suppress them because we feel vulnerable when we when we acknowledge and um, allow ourselves to be aware of these feelings. So I think you are definitely on the right track for for working through them. So it's it's those you know there's feelings aren't 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 good or bad. They just are. So it is it's natural that you are feeling these things. We talked about this as well last week about hey we invest so much time and energy and and excitement and happiness and and hope and optimism all wrapped up in 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 this team and and so when when they disappoint when they are far from what we were hoping them to be it's natural that we're going to feel some some feelings of loss and sadness and grief so so then i think right we're just you know being mindful of the feelings and and uh dealing with them or coping with them in healthy ways like you said going to yoga <laughs> in our friend holly's new yoga studio on georgia ave i think that's the best thing that that you can do and and at the end of the day you know you're talking about being on an island with your optimism 
although we're very far from that, I do appreciate that you're, despite all these feelings, you, you still have some hope and optimism. We need someone like that <laughs> in the group because we have enough, we have enough doomsday people like me in, in the group. So, so, so then I trust, you know, whatever happens at some point, you're going to get to a place of acceptance of whatever happens this season. And then we, we're, we'll, we'll talk about what we need to do, you know, after the season ends and we'll, we'll go through our typical cycle of of of, D, of Seahawks fandom, which you know, there's a lot of funny memes about about how uh, frustrating and and crushing it can be to be a fan of the Seahawks. But but hey, you know, we're we're not going anywhere. We we love this team, and we're gonna we're gonna stick by them, and and yeah, continue to to support them as much as we can. You know, I've been talking to my therapist about this podcast, and actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I think my therapist was a little surprised because he, he thought we were going to be talking about my like uh, my abandonment trauma. But instead, yes. we're talking about the Seahawks every week. And <laughs> and, you know, the kind of beautiful thing about this podcast and about this project, you know, beyond, you know, how amazing it is to have a community of, of like minded people to to share your feelings with and grieve with. It's also, um, you know, there's an end. There's an end this season. There's an end of the podcast. You know, it's a lot of work to put out a podcast every single week, but it yeah. feels manageable because I know it's temporary. You know, it's like, yeah. all right, we have 18 weeks to get through and, you when? know, then, then then we're good. Then we're done. And yeah. we may not even have to do one every single episode. You know, if we, if we just yeah. if we lose to Arizona at the end of the year, trust me, we're not putting out <laughs> no. a podcast that next day. <laughs> we're just done. We're going to. We're going to oh disappear just like this uh, Seattle defense. Oh, my gosh. Sounds uh -huh. good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, Mayor. So I diagnosed the defense. How about you share with us your strategic vision for the offense? Okay. Well, first, I want to give out a key to the city, to uh, our very serviceable backup quarterback, Drew Locke. Uh, thank you for coming in and, and proving everyone that you do not deserve to be a starter by throwing throwing two picks. Uh, really appreciate that. First start for Seattle, so he deserves a shout out. Um, I'll give him a key to the to the to the exit wow. door wow. Um, wow. because I don't expect him to be back on this team next year. That was uh, a, he gets a key to this. Oh, the, what, I'm, I'm very a, confused there, Mayor. <laughs> He gets, key, like he gets a key. He gets a key to the to the exit. He can to the he exit can, door he, of the. He can go. He can go be someone else's backup quarterback. I've, I was, I'm so done with him. No, I, I, I'm not really interested in talking about this one game, um, especially without having Jano, you know, offensively. So again, I went and looked at the you know overall team for the for the year. You know, and our two leading receivers, no surprise to anyone, is DK Metcalf and um, and Lockett, of course. Um, and, you know, they're both on pace for a thousand yard seasons again. Um, it, interestingly enough, through this part of the season, they both have exactly 93 targets. Wow. So they really are our one two punch um, with JSN with 75 targets kind of, you know, yeah. as our third option at this point, though he's been coming on recently and getting getting more and more. Yeah. Works. Um, so, you know, I've given them both um, key to the city. So both of those receivers you know, of course, are and then, then then you look at you know Walker, you know, with leading leading all all um, rushing yards with six hundred forty three rushing yards at this point. So if he plays well, he'll get to a thousand yards as well. The last um, four games, 
Um, Charbonnet not far behind with 95 carries and 412 mm. yards at this point. Um, so I've given Walker a key to the city. I feel like that's fair. Um, and I've given Geno Smith um, a key mm. to the city. So, you know, and I've given our offensive line um, mm-hmm. the key to the city. So I feel like I've gotten everybody through this part of the season. And I'm like, well, who am I missing? Who, who haven't I not given a key to? You also gave a key to the offensive line coach. Remember? Ray yes. Or- yes. Oh. Um, well, that was, right. that was all together. The offensive line coach and the, the offensive okay. line for playing through some injuries earlier in sure. the year. Sure. And I've given shout outs to different people at different times. Um, Frost and Abe Lucas as well. Sure. But, sure. Um, so then I was like, well, why haven't I, where are the tight ends? You know, we mm. talked about this earlier in the year, like maybe on JSN means that we don't get any, um, the <sighs> tight ends don't get any love, don't get any yeah. looks. And and then, you know, Kobe Parkinson actually scored a touchdown in this game. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up and, you know, that was the first touchdown to a tight end all year. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. No and that was, uh, I love that play. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're not going to, we don't have time to talk about it, but like, why did the offensive plays look way more dynamic and creative this this game versus you know when when Gino's in? That's you know a little bit of a mystery. But anyway, yeah, that, that, <laughs> it was it was great to see that tight end uh, Parkinson get that TD and Fant had a big uh, gain too in in the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and Fant, Fant is leaving leading all tight ends with thirty two targets uh, for three hundred thirty nine yards. Um, Parkinson has, uh, 16 receptions for 178 yards. That's like one, you know, that's one game for a good receiver. Um, and he has that in 13 games played and Will Disley is by far our worst or least used tight end with only 11 receptions for 111 yards, uh, and no touchdowns again. So that even if you put all three of those together, that's not yeah. a very good player. Um, so we just really haven't been targeting our tight ends. And that is really discouraging because, and maybe that says a lot about our offense because we always were mad about Russ not using the tight ends. Yeah. And now we have, yeah. you know, a quarterback that should be able to target the tight ends, throws down the field, throws over the middle, is best when he's throwing over the middle. Mm-hmm. And we still haven't really used these guys. Maybe it's because we've been using them and blocking so much because the offensive line has yeah. been struggling. Mm-hmm. But and maybe we're not using them as much because of JSN, like I said. But still, I'm a little concerned that we we haven't been using the tight ends. I would really like to see someone out of those three, and maybe it's Noah Fan, kind of breaking out and taking more of the workload because um, mm-hmm. I feel like. You know, if someone could get in a rhythm of those three people, we should lean on the hot hand and, and go to him more. But um, so far, it's been pretty, pretty. I mean, it also might come down to the offensive line, right? Because, you know, we tight ends probably need a little bit more time to get separation, you know, from the, from the defender. And, it, 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 you know, that might be another sort of symptom of, of Gino, our quarterbacks not having enough time for both our receivers and our tight ends to get separation so that they can be open and get the ball thrown to them. I I, I don't know. It's it is, but that is very concerning that that was the first, uh, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, um, but it makes sense. And, and it's a problem. <laughs> it's a, that's obviously a significant problem. 
especially, you know, who we should use in the end zone. We, we, at the beginning of the year, yeah. you know, you think you use your tight ends in the end zone and yeah. you use, you know, Charbonnet, the bigger of the two running backs. You think you use him in the end zone. He's scored one touchdown now yeah. um, so far this year, even though he's getting, you know, a yeah. third of the carries for the year, um, even more than a third, almost half of the carries. And he only has one touchdown. So we're not really using either of these people. Well, either of these positions well in, in the red zone. So yeah, we're not a very good offense and definitely haven't like started clicking on all cylinders yet. There's still four weeks to, to go. Well, and again, I, I, I brought up the line because you and I believe this, the, a good team starts in the trenches, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can look at these symptoms potentially, you know, um, Charbonnet not, not punching it in, tight ends not getting passes, but so where should you look? I think you should look at the foundation of, of your offense and that foundation is the line. And that's another huge concern. I don't know where the problem is. I, you know, I mean, I think we, I think we're okay on the edges, but, but, you know, intern interior might be a significant problem with our center and our, and at least one of our guards. Okay. So we're, we've been talking for an hour and, I need to go to yoga and then I'm going to make a butternut squash soup. And uh, speaking of soup, I want to say bring back the Sonics. And I want to say thank you to uh, Freeman, Bill, Jeremy Forrest for um, coming to the Seahawks bar and um, Freeman for, for pulling through that hangover and uh, accommodating us and our dates on a, on a very drunken um, Sunday, uh, which was rainy and felt like Seattle and we're all depressed, but uh, Freeman, we love you. And uh, Doc, thank you for yet another podcast. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. And so, as always, I want to say much love to the DC 12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! I see fire and brimstone smoldering in my head. You'd light the fuse if you only knew